Hello everybody, this is Captain Cats. And we are cats. Alright, and welcome back to the show. So we're gonna do something a little different today. This week we since um this week we're gonna be talking about music. Um uh, most importantly, um albums that we can just sit down and listen to from start to finish. Um since we know that we're still stuck in um with the whole coronavirus thing going on. Well I, well since we live in California, there's that it's not you know, just a little disclaimer, it's not martial arts, it's a stay stay at home policy. So we're all just buckling down and, you know, taking it one day at a time and see what, what's going on. Yeah. And um, and one of the things that I was thinking about was that it's been a lost art now of the concept album, the listening to the whole album from start to finish. Well, you got to be careful here because you said concept album. That itself is, is, is a genre. And so I think you're talking about the concept of what is called an album. Thank you. There yes. we go. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, watch out with their words. Yeah, all right, all right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, yeah. So, there's been a lot of, yeah. So, there's been a lot of music that's been coming out, but there hasn't been a lot of albums that's been coming out. Um, sure, there's been a little bit of ones coming under, um, um, under the radar here and there, but there hasn't been many of them. And since we're all... You know, a lot of us are stuck at home and just getting bored and don't know what to do um, for this whole coronavirus. And I just thought this would be a good time for people to actually sit down and get reacquainted with music and especially the lost art of uh, listening to albums. So uh, without further ado, we're going to start. Um, I have two honorable mentions. Um, no, let me take that back. Let me. I have three honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, the first honorable mention is actually from an artist. Um, famous French artist Edith Parf. Um, forgive me if I um, pronounce her oh, last why name. Why is she? Isn't she the one that's like that one? Yes, but uh, not because of that. It's just um, well, not just the song. Uh, I mean, like just her, the, the music, the voice, her her voice, how the way she sings um, is is just very lovely and wonderful. You can tell that she puts a lot of uh, so a lot of herself into it. She puts a lot of effort into her singing and her music. So I just think it's just one hundred percent. If you ever get a chance, listen to her. She's really, really, really great. Wasn't she friends with that um, um, that one French artist who 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 you know a few years ago passed away and we did something on him? Yes, oh, yes, yes. They were friends. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I know who you're talking about. Yeah. What was his name? Charles. He was like the French... Uh, Charles, Frank. like Avignon or something? Yeah, he was yeah. like the Frank Sinatra of France. Yes, there we go. Yeah, yeah, that was his nickname. They're both equally good. Yes, they're both really great. Um, the second is actually a uh, two-artist collaboration. Um, they did a single, a, a really great single. I, I truly love it. I wish they could do more collaborations in the near future. And it's uh, Four Hill and Odely, and their song is called uh, Superno. It's a... Um, it's a really beautiful mix of um, transcendence, lo-fi, synth wave. It's com- it's a combination of that, and it's done beautifully. It's done wonderfully. I highly recommend to listen to this single. It's really really good. Um, I mean, I haven't listened to it at all, so I, I might give it a you know afterwards. Yeah. I'll totally uh, look. I want to listen to it. Yeah, it's really, really great. Really, really, really beautiful. Um, and the last uh, honorable mention that I have 
is actually from um it's actually super hang on uh quite possibly one of the best um musics that came out from the arcade scene from the 80s um it's made by sega it's it's wonderful if you have a chance listen to it um, a lot of music from the '80s from Sega was just wait 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 weird. is it because I know you you burned it burned burned it on a CD is that the one with the yeah okay that one okay yeah, Super Hang On yeah uh, yeah I personally love Super Hang On out of the series so yeah that's my three honorable mentions do you have any honorable mentions yourself uh, no I guess I don't have any honorable mentions you know. Okay. I'll try to be as objective as possible, but I will will say this: like, I'm gonna try to like avoid, um, well, you know, the kind of the usual suspects. So I'm not gonna be putting any Pink Floyd album because it's not a good time to be going out there in your head. Right. Well, maybe it is, but I won't mention any of that. Right. Yeah, um, and, and another thing too is like uh, one of the stipulations that we did this was we weren't going to name any popular um, albums or bands or groups. We want to... We want to, There's a lot of music out there, and a lot of people tend to miss out on these, um, all these great albums, all these artists, these hidden gems, these underground art darlings, you know, indie darlings of the world. So um, that's what we're going at from here. Uh, we might... might um, you know, you may never know. We might announce an art, an artist here, too. Is like, yo, well, he, that person's famous. Yeah, but have you listened to their entire album? Have you listened to their works? Not just their famous works. Their famous works. Their other works. Some of their other works are a lot... Um, are a lot famous or even better than what they're really famous for. Or, you know, you're listening to... Um, a well-known person's album and you know all of a sudden you hear something that was probably part of their experimental phase or maybe their first album when they were coming out as nobodies and for some reason it just clicks with you right you know um good example of that would be bob dylan's first album a lot of people never listened to it and they don't know what it was or how it sounded like you know, you have a copy of his first album. No, I don't. I, oh. I only have uh, the single for Knocking on Heaven's Door. Mm-hmm. With the A side, B side is uh, Turkey Chase. Right. Then the, the Hurricane, which right. real version, you know, part one and part two. On the, on the, the one I have is the one with, uh, I think it was the Ballad of Judas Priest. It was that album. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It contained the Ballad of Judas Priest. Yeah. I have that one. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's not his first album. I thought it was his first album, but yeah. No, but, no, no. But, but you can tell that was his early, that was his early stuff. Before he went to, before he moved on to, uh, to the electric guitar and and became more of a songwriter and more of that, you know, a lot of people never heard of Bob Dylan's earlier works, really earlier works. So, yeah. So, uh, without further ado, let's start with number five. You go first. Why me? Just cause. Go. Well, <laughs> I'll say five of them. That doesn't mean they're in order. Right. So, uh, well, in. Only because, uh, in a sense, uh, I had some time to think about it, but it was on short notice. So please forgive me if, uh, you know, because I'm trying to get with the stipulations. But right. I have with me, now listen to this. Um, I have a copy of um, the Ray Charles album, Genius Plus Soul Equals Jazz, uh, arrangements by Quincy Jones and Ralph Burns uh, from Impulse Records, mono version A2. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
you know, thinking back on getting this uh, album, um, I was just, uh, well, hey, it's a Ray Charles album, and um, I forgot which place I went bought it for, but it was a buck, mm-hmm. you know, so I was like, what the hell is this doing here? And, you know, I didn't buy it for one week, right. and then the next week I actually came back there to see more records, and it was still there, I'm like, what the hell, I'll take it, I'll, you know, see, see, you know, this work and see how it is, and I played it, and it was very good, it was very different. You know, it's not like, you know, Ray Charles is like, you know, famous works that we all know and love. Um, I'm trying to find uh, when this album was made. But, um, you know, there's some, you know, there's some stuff that he, he wrote himself, like um, the song From the Heart. And um, the one I liked was uh, number from side one, number three, Monin. Um, well, he didn't make it. It was by uh, Bobby Timmons. Um, but, um, um, I like the way that he was playing a lot, playing around with the, uh, organ and stuff. You know, there, there's some songs in these albums, in this album that he sings, but mostly it's more focusing on the jazz and the instrumental, you know, and the soul, you know, his genius and soul. Mm-hmm. So he was mixing the both of them. Right. And, um, it got my attention when I first played this album. So, yeah, you know. Right. And uh, on the last note, I'm trying to see uh, from the personnel, like if uh, there was um, notable peoples here um, besides uh, Quincy Jones and uh, Ralph Burns. But uh, no, it, uh, yeah, it's a, it is a good album, you know, if you're especially new to jazz. And um, not many people know that, you know, he can, he can make it just as good instrumental as well as his voice. Right. So okay, that's good. Um, my number five is going to be an album that I think a lot of people n- never heard of or rarely heard of, and it's going back to 1965. And this is Eartha Kitt, and the album that she did was uh, Cantar en Español or Sings in Spanish. She actually did an album where she sung in Spanish. It was unique, it was different, but it was still all Eartha Kitt. Um, and we all know how Eartha sang, especially when she, um, especially when she was singing when she was away, while she was in exile, um, her, 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 a good part of her life, and she uh, lived in Europe. So it was really great, it was a good album. It was very different from her, very different coming from her, but um, it was beautiful. And I think a lot of people tend to just not pay attention to it because, like I said, she sings in Spanish. Who, you know, most people are going to be like, who's that going to be catering to and stuff like that? And who are they going to miss out? Well, back in what, the 40s, 50s, and 60s, hey, yeah. it was hip as as F. Right. Well, it was hip as f to be singing singing like that. Right. You know, you're not just going to be popular in the U.S. You're going to be popular outside of it, and uh, believe it or not, that is a big boom. Yeah, because she was popular in Europe. She was still always popular, especially in France and Spain. Um, But uh, this was really good. She um, another good artist. That was uh, famous for singing in Spanish, but she was never famous for singing in English. Was uh, Janet? 
Oh yeah, I did her. Uh, yeah. well, well, I meant I did the album, one yeah. of her albums. I think it was uh, Corazón de Poeta. Yes. Yeah, I, I written about that. Yeah. Um, well, there were certain um, versions of uh, her popular songs that she redid in English because mm-hmm. originally they were in Spanish. Yeah. Well, I've heard them before in English, and uh, the melody is there, everything, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really. Uh, I guess it doesn't translate well. Right. But the point, the overall point, is is still there. That doesn't mean the, the meaning is meaningless. Right. It's yeah. meaningful. It's just that. You know, you gotta tweak around with language, and you know, can try to try to get that same message through. Yeah. So, yeah, my number, yeah, my number five is yeah, is, um, Eartha Kitt, uh, cantar en español. So, what's your number four? Uh, it's another canta en español album, mm-hmm. and um, Edie Gormi, canta en español con los Panchos. Really? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to because I'm seeing this on eBay. I'm trying to remember. Do I have this album? I think I do. I have. I guess I do in some form, um, or maybe it was another album. But yeah, Los, Los Panchos are a big deal, right? A really big deal it's mm-hmm. in uh, in Mexican music. Yes. And um, Edie Gormi, uh, I don't think she knows a lick of Spanish, but damn, <laughs> when she sings it, <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds like she's a very fluent singer, right? And um, they always, uh, you know that Mel Gibson flick, uh, Get the Gringo? Yeah. They always, I don't get it. In, in some some American films, they always play that one song. And I think I remember it. Sabor a mi. Uh-huh. They always play that one. Sabor a mi. Mm. But, you know, a lot of performers like Jose Jose, they sing that one. But they usually play the version sung by Los Panchos with, with um, Edie Gormier singing the lead. Ah, okay. But, uh, yeah, she, uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, it's not just Sabor a Mi, you know, there's a lot of other songs in Spanish, obviously, and, hey, she can sing it. Mm. Okay, so, so that's good. I understand. No, that's not bad. Okay, so my number four is going to be from um, a, a blues singer, a rhythm and blues singer. Uh, Howling Wolf, his first album, uh, Moaning in the Moonlight. It was very unique. He had, let's put it this way. Howling Wolf had a very unique voice. He was very unique. Um, he put a lot of himself in his songs. You know, he had like great songs such as, you know, Moan, um, Moaning at Midnight, uh, Smokestack Lightning, Baby How Long. All night boogie, evil. I'm leaving you, moaning for my baby. I'm asking for water. She gave me gasoline. Somebody in my house, so on and so forth. The whole album was just great. It is like real rhythm and blues. You know, he had, you know, he had a lot of big players in in his group when he was doing this. For example, he had himself, you know, on harmonica. He had Ike Turner on piano. Hmm. <laughs> you know, Willie Dixon. Earl Phils, Judy Williams, Otis Spam, you know, uh, S.P. Levy, Otis Smokey Smothers, so, Phil Chess as the producer and, and Leonard Chess, so, um, as both producers, so, this was, a, this was a really great album, it's under 30 minutes, just to let you guys know, it barely hits the 34, 35 minute mark, 
but this was such a good album really 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 great um and it kind of shows that like it's a lost art form the blues is a really lost art and it's sad to see that there's not that many more blues artists out there so i i totally recommend you to, to listen to this one uh howling wolves uh moaning in the moonlight hmm. so all right so what's your number three um, I don't know if I should say this, uh, only because I have it. Go ahead. Oh, um, Prince's, uh, album, 1999. Right. And when I say I have it, I mean I have it, the original vinyl. And, um, it's not just because, you know, it has 1999, you know, the song. Um, it has also, uh, Little Red Corvette, uh, Delirious, um, I'm trying to read from the picture here. Uh, there was uh, what DMSR. Uh, what was it? The uh, International Lover one. Mm-hmm. So there was that one, and oh, let's pretend we're married. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, folks, but um, or for those of you who don't know, um, this album it is a single album. It looks like a double album because you know some of these songs are really long. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's four sides to it. So, yeah, um, like for instance, side four is there's only two songs because they're really long. So it gets you into that move, well, into the groove of things, you know, kind of lighten your lighten your atmosphere, you know. Right. You know, just have a good time. Just you know, with with reason, caution. Right. All right, that's really good. Okay, so my number three is actually coming from the left from left field and this is a dance electronic dance album and it's called Odyssey and the art by um, by home um, this album is really great I highly recommend it to people who's never listened to dance or, or electronic music and they want their first taste their first experience with it um, I highly recommend this album. Very great, very wonderful. Um, if there's one track on this song you gotta listen to, it's um, ah oh man, it's kind of pretty hard. It, it's really good, but um, yeah, um, home Odyssey, uh, home Odyssey, really great. It's so good. Um. You just can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. This is a really great album. Um, it's, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's great. It's going to be... If, if you're not into the whole synthwave dance, electronica thing, I won't recommend it. But if you want to give it a shot, if you want to give it the benefit of doubt and just say, okay, you know what? I want to listen to it. I want to see what the fuss is about. You know what? What? What's what makes the dance electronica? What? What? Especially to synthwave, since synthwave is making a huge comeback now, with the, with the term with um with the likes of like cyberpunk twenty seventy. What the whole cyberpunk genre is right now in a second renaissance in terms of everybody's getting into it, everybody's loving it, um everybody wants to more wants to get into it and dive into the culture of it more, um, and synthwave is is a, a huge part of it. Um, this is a good album to start with. 
So I highly recommend this album to, to listen to. And you'll definitely enjoy it and put this in your personal library. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's your number three? Uh, I was thinking about the uh, <laughs> soundtrack of uh, Space Harrier, but you know, well, I'm putting that aside because I was thinking more of uh, Yuzo Koshido's works, but more specifically uh, his work on the Streets of Rage 2 album. Mm-hmm. Um, um, out of the the three games from Sega, uh, Part Two had the most um, influential and memorable uh, tracks. Right. You know, if, if you know, as a kid, you know, you're playing it. And it's like, well, you know, you're playing it. You know, it's a beat 'em up, but the damn music is just so good. It fits the atmosphere very well. Yeah, and the good thing, the, the thing about that album too, it was like it was kind of like everybody's fr- like that generation of gamers that was like their first experience of techno music club music of the 90s because the story behind it was that he always went to clubs at night he always went to clubs at night in japan and from the clubs he went to work straight to work and then he went back to the clubs right after he left work so he never really went home and when they told him, hey, we need you to make this soundtrack for this game, first thing he just did was just went to the club scene and listened to the music and just created this soundtrack. You know, and, and the dude's a genius. That's oh, yeah. A, a genius. I know he, he does some touring as a, as a musician, mm-hmm. and he actually takes some of the, uh, the original, well, not some, but like the original equipment that he made, you know, like the computer program and some of that stuff. Right. And, um, you know, there's some modern works that he did, and everybody likes it. And like the, the three, uh, two or three songs that he always like showcases at the very end of his set oh, yeah. would be um, the one where you go to the... Uh, Amusement park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the last one, it was obviously the first level. The first level of music that was like a classic. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just like uh, it's already in my head. Yeah. For now. Yeah. No. Definitely not. I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Okay. So my number two is a tie, but it's made by the same artist. And it's part, of, and it's the same soundtrack, um, but he did two versions of it. So my number two is the Samurai Shampoo soundtrack, uh, Departed and Impression, and it was basically Ninjabus, uh, Ninjabus, who did those two albums. There was a total of of the the Samurai Shampoo albums. There was like a total, of, I think, four or five of them. The problem with the other ones was that they weren't that good. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like those albums, the 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 soundtracks were not that memorable. Um. Okay. So so. Didn't you buy them? I bought all. I bought all of them because I loved the music of the series, but it was only two of them. That were good. And that was the ones that basically was done by Ninjabus. And that was uh, Departure and Impressions. The first album, Masta, was okay. They had some great they had some great album though they had some great songs in there, 
but it was just when you heard Departure from start to finish, that album was just beautiful. It was great. Um, the, um, it, it, it was just beautiful. And that right there was just like, it gave, it made people like, oh man, you know, it, it was just like the whole thing of lo-fi hip hop. It was just basically the foot, the founding footsteps. He like the, like Ninjabus and and Jay Dilla were kind of like the founding fathers of the lo-fi uh, movement of music and stuff like that. The style, the way that it goes, it was just, it was just so beautiful. And it was just those two albums of the Samurai Shampoo soundtrack, Impressions and Departure, were really 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 beautiful. And then I I hate to say it, the um Genion Entertainment at the time thought, oh, yeah, they can do something better. And they came out with two albums called Katana and Playlist. And they both sucked. Hmm. Like, really, really sucked. Um, but, yeah, they, yeah, it was just, they really sucked. But um, if you, if you want to listen to, like, really good lo-fi, what lo-fi hip-hop, like the birth of lo-fi hip-hop, um go and listen to departure and um impressions and then if you and if you're interested in listening to jay dilla uh listen to his album donuts that's another great album a a really great beautiful album that one as well which is sadly to be was his last album before he passed away so excuse me yeah so what was your number two we already did number two no, I went. I started first at five. Oh, you okay. already said number two, so this is like number one. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I guess it's a tie because I was looking at um, um, first uh, Little Brothers, the Minstrel Show. Mm-hmm. Um, very intelligent album. Right. And um, in, way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time, and uh, <laughs> um, thanks to Wikipedia, I will see kind of like going back to what they were sourcing it. That, that's how I got into like my present vinyl collection in the first place because, okay, what did, okay, what did they use for this song? The stylistics, okay, let me hear the song. Like, whoa! Right. How did they turn that into their beat? You know, right. that sort of thing. Reverse engineering, I guess. Uh-huh. Or, 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 you know, taking out the sample and see, you know. So, um, but uh, that album is very good. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. And uh, it's tying with, for some reason, it just popped in my head um, back when he called himself Most Def. Mm-hmm. Most Def's uh, Black on Both Sides. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, fun, uh, a funny story. I was... Uh, um, yeah, Zine Bates is his name now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, um, I'll say it as it is because of the title. Right. Um, back when Most Def was Most Def. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anyways, uh, the story goes like this. Um, I had to do a personal errand. And right next to this personal errand, there was a liquor store. Right. And I went in, you know, buy some lottery tickets at the time. And, um, you know, I, I was paying for the uh, lottery tickets. And um, he was playing a song from the album Black on Both Sides. Right. I'm trying to remember the song, though. Um, um, I think it was the one before. It was like, uh, slow down. That was the one before that one. Mathematics? I think so. It was the beat was like do 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 that one. Yeah, mathematics. Yeah, mathematics. So I was like, whoa, dude, you you're playing black most black on both sides. Like, yeah, how did you know? Yeah, I listened to that. You know, I listened to it when it came out. I bought the album. I mean, like, 
Hey, it was a great album. Yeah. So they're both tied for first for number one. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't go with um, Black Star. <sighs> no, because then I have to mention other people. You know, I didn't want to stick to like hip hop, like you know, uh, the soundtrack to well, J. Rude Damage or Tony Touch. Right, right. Hell, right. even Ika Mouse. Gotcha. But he's reggae. Right. You okay. know, I don't want to go off of a super tangent. So. Right. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my number one is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. My number one is um, has to be is going to death uh, for the whole world to see. Ah, death. Yes. Um, I got the well. You know, I had to buy the album on vinyl. It was that good. Is yeah, it's that good. Um, many of you who don't know who Death is, they were considered to be the fathers of pro- of uh, punk. Uh, punk rock. Well, uh, they're, proto- they're well, they're labeling them as proto punk, but uh, why? They should just give it to them. Well, the Def- thing was, uh, they started it, and um, they were also part of the Detroit scene. Yeah, but the politics and the uh, racial inequalities of the time. Um, if they had enough money, they could have used taken that to New York, and they would have been first. Yeah, but they stayed in Detroit, and I, I still say they should just they. they I, I still say that they're they're the founding fathers of punk because they were years, at least what a couple years ahead of um, Patti Smith, the Ramones. Um, Didn't and, they tie with uh, the Jam and Iggy Pop and the Stooges? No, Iggy Pop and the Stooges and the Jam were earlier than them, but they were they were like the founding. The basis, like proto punk. Like, yes, right they're there. they were proto punk. I would say they were they were they were the proto punk of proto punk, and they laid they laid all the groundwork. Uh, Iggy Pop and the Stooges, the MC Five, and I think Death just was the one band that brought it all together, and it shows in their in their album for the whole world to see, start to finish. Um, the album is great. It's it, it's great. It's legendary. It's only what two, four, six, seven, so- seven, seven songs on this yeah, album. Yeah, I did. I did a little. Uh, you know, I wrote up about that. Album, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a very, it's a great album. I liked it. You know, there's some parts that are fast paced, mm-hmm. some that are unnecessary. Well, I guess in modern standards, unnecessarily so, but it's required. Yeah. They know how to. You know, timing. Timing was key. Yeah. And the uh, messages that are some of them are relevant to what was going on back in the mid seventies, but some of them also actually, like uh, politicians in my eye. Right. It's relevant to this day. Mm-hmm. They made it so that it would stay that way, as opposed to like, well, you know, they were talking about what Nam and, and you know, the inequalities going on at the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they did that. That song itself has a lasting message that is relevant. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, folks. Um, no, yeah, and also on top of that too, like, like they, like I said, they predated like Patti Smith. They predated the Ramones. They predated the Sex Pistols. Um, there's even a quote that says these dudes were pre-Sex Pistols, pre-Bad Brains, pre-all, uh, pre-all, all that shit. Sorry for the language, but, you know. Um, but nobody knows about them. I don't understand how the world could forget them. You know, and there was a great documentary about this uh, about this band called, and there was a band called Death. Um, yeah, I mentioned it. I mentioned it in the uh, written. Yeah. Um, great album. Really underrated. 
Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing more that I can say. It's just, I don't know how people can, like, if... The first three albums are, are on Amazon. Yeah. I settled can... with the first, uh, obviously. But, uh, you know, I just need to scrape some money to um, eventually get the second and third album. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, this is a great album. Really, really, really great album. If you like punk um, or rock and roll in general or anything like that, um, highly recommend you to get this album. This is a great sit down, you know, and if you have kids, you want to introduce them to real punk music, what punk was and what should have been, not what is now. Um, what do they call it? Pop punk? Pop punk. I, I don't even know. Whatever it's playing on the radio. Mm. Yeah. Like, if you want to, if you want to, like, show your kids, hey, this is what punk was, you know, it was just a three-man group, you know, a bassist, a lead guitarist, and a drummer. And then listen to the lyrics. This is the album. Like this is by far, I think, the best punk album out there by one of the most underrated bands that ever existed. So, All right. Well, and uh, the band itself, uh, they still perform. No, yeah, they still perform to this day. Uh, minus the original guitarist uh, who passed away. Yeah, one member of the, of the Hickley Brothers. Brothers. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, so there we go. That that's our recommendations of uh, our personal recommendations of albums that you guys should listen to. Um, so I, um, other than that, yeah, if you have a chance, go look for these albums any way you can. Listen to them, enjoy them. There's nothing much I can say about that. What well, about- the only thing would be, uh, well, if you guys want us to continue something like this again, maybe next week or maybe somewhere down the road. Um, please uh, give us a message or whatever, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely will. Okay. Or, or any suggestions for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, give us something that we don't know, and you know, we'll we'll take we'll definitely take a listen. Like uh, the your number four, I believe, or number five. Mm-hmm. You know that one single with the collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take a listen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> okay alright so thank you guys so much for uh, joining us this week I hope you guys have a great time I hope you guys stay home stay safe listen to the podcast and also listen to the music that we recommended um, and we'll be back with you guys next week for more stuff and more things to do for you guys until then I am Captain Cats and I am We Are Cats alright then I hope you guys have a great time have a wonderful week stay safe stay home wash your hands you know be safe be kind to everybody alright and we'll take care see you guys next week yo ho